love it when the technology doesn't work. <laughs> so bear with us. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, we're in the middle of our series, uh, Get in the Game, Finding Your Place. And so we've been talking about that. The first uh, part one, we talked about trust and being vulnerable. And so we've already started to hear some feedback from folks about how they're really trying to wrestle through the idea of trusting and trusting uh, people with who they are and vice versa. So that has been good. And then last week, well, we began to talk about healthy conflicts and having hard conversations and been getting some good feedback from that. Um, just even Friday night around our dinner table, um, I had a really uh, hard conversation and uh, it was with my mom, where she, she's around here somewhere, and I told you last week that I uh, had to fess up that this casserole that she's been making for years, this chicken, rice, uh, celery, almonds sprinkled on the top, Ooh, just, I, just, I just don't want to see that again. And so we have this conversation. Uh, there, was, there was tears. There was hugging, you know, and we're okay. Uh, now I just really need to talk to her about that sweater she gave me in 1976. But we'll save that for another trip, Mom. But uh, seriously, you know, as we, as we talk about this, when we don't have trust, when we fear hard, healthy conversations, conflict, we find that it limits our ability to get into the game of life, and it limits us really finding our place, because we're not able to show who we are, and others are not able to do the same. And again, if you, if you need to catch up, you can do that. Uh, many ways to do that. Uh, CDs available at guest services, a lot of stuff online. But uh, again, as we, as we walk through that, uh, this morning we're going to see this idea, if you and I are going to be all in, if we're going to understand that uh, we trust people with who we are and who they are, if we're able to have hard conversations, lean into them, have them with kindness and understanding, we talked about that all uh, last week, that then we need to learn how to be all in. And without those two other areas, it's, it's difficult to be all in. And once we've decided that we're going to be all in, we need to understand that we need to keep our eye on the ball. Because wherever the ball is, that's where the action is. That's where the adventure is. And we have to stay focused and make sure we understand that very well, that we stay our eyes on the ball. It's all where the ball is. 
It's keeping your eye on the ball. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, Ronnie Banks', Banks uh, number on his shirt was a 12, but that's for another message. Anyway, <laughs> but the eye was on the ball. And, and, and wherever that ball went, that's where the action was. And that team comes together with all their differences because they focus in on that. And because of that, they can be in the game, they can be engaged, and they discover who they are. They discover their role, their position, not just on a team, but really as you, as you watch that movie and see the, the end of the movie, they, they also find their, their place, in a sense, in the world. And the same is true for us. Uh, uh, Christ followers, we, we, we keep our eye on the ball. We keep focused in on that. And then we find our place. In, in this world, not just in, in church world, not in a local church, but really who God has, has made us to be. And really for the person who's still, uh, in a sense, trying to figure things out, uh, still uh, unconvinced maybe, you know, all of us, no matter who we are, have got to realize that life is about finding what the focus is and then keeping our eyes on that. And when we as Christ followers do that, then we find ourselves, in a sense, fully alive like Christ. Paul writes about that until we're in the game, until we have that vulnerable trust, until we can actually face hard conversations in conflict, until that, when that all happens, then all of a sudden we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, what He's done for us, how He enables us to live this life as fully mature adults, fully developed, I love this, within and without. There's a, there's a matchup. Who you are on the inside is who you are on the outside. And then you and I can experience this chapter of life fully alive like Christ. And so we want to get into the game. We want to be able to function this way. We want to be able to live this way. And we want to watch out for the things that distract us from the ball, that get our eyes off that. Paul writes this. He says, make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts both within and without. Uh, in a sense, this can be a lifetime concept. I don't think any of us arrive in this area. Uh, we make a clean break, but we have to continue to give it energy. We need to see the things that uh, defile us in the sense that get us out of a line with what God's preferred will is for us, uh, the way he wants us to live and walk our, through life. And that's, again, not to limit us. It's not to steal good times from us. But it's actually there so that you and I can enjoy all that uh, life has to offer. And so we want to not be distracted from that. And again, we want that to be within and without. And as you and I go through a series like this, some of us have got it on the outside pretty well. And uh, there are very few people, if anybody, that realizes what really is going on in our heart. And in a sense, we, 
live with a, a low-grade fever. We live in agony a little bit, and nobody knows because we haven't been able to, uh, in a sense, make that clean break. Even if we've said yes to Christ, we're still in conflict. And um, if we're really going to get into the game, if we're going to be all in, if we're going to find our place, we have to start coming to terms with that. And coming to terms with that, again, does not happen in five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It's a pattern of life. It's a rhythm of life. But until we get on that road and start traveling down that direction, we're not going to be moving towards the idea, the concept, where within and without, inside, outside, actually match up. Um, So... For those of us who are Christ followers, those of us who are investigating, uh, we have to start off by understanding uh, what the ball is, if we're going to keep our eye on the ball. We need to identify the ball. We need to say, that is the ball. That's where the action is. That's where my eyes follow. How many of us have been at a sporting event where there is a ball and, uh, you know, it's, it's doing its thing and the game's playing and we kind of lose track of that? And all of a sudden, we're missing it. And everyone, did you just see that? And you're like, no, I didn't see that. You know, uh, you know I was uh, you know, looking at the popcorn in my bowl before I ate it, you know, and I missed it. So this idea of keeping our eye on the ball and then identifying it. Now, in a sporting event, it's very easy to say, that's the ball. Uh, but in life, it may be a little bit more difficult. And, and uh, the writer of Hebrews uh, helps us with that when he writes this. He says, so my dear friends... Companions, in following this call to the heights, take a good, hard look at Jesus. He's the centerpiece. And so if you're a Christ follower, it may seem obvious, but he needs to be the centerpiece of our lives. He needs to be the focus. And as we start to integrate that, as we start to work that into our lives, there's a fancy word called sanctification. As we uh, work that into our life, as we integrate what it means to follow Christ, uh, we find ourselves able to identify the ball and identify the actions that, uh, in a sense, are a part of that, that way. And, and we, we, so we, we do that. Um, uh, years ago, uh, there was a, a coach, um, oh, I'm losing it now, oh, Vince Lombardi, and, uh, you know, he was a famous coach, and he would uh, start off every year's practice with this idea, and he would say, gentlemen, this is for the veterans, this is for the rookies. He would start off that preseason practice where he would pull out a football, and he'd go, this is a football. And then he would walk through all the basics. And it would seem so obvious, but it's so easy for us in any discipline of life, in any activity of life, to forget what the ball really is and to hold on to it and then to order our life around that. But for the Christ follower, it's ordering our lives around Christ. And uh, we need to make sure that, again, we're making that clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us both within and without. 
And some of us, we're all, we all experience these seasons in life where, where yes, we've said yes, yes, he's uh, the ball, he's the center, but, but we really don't order our life. We take our eyes off the ball and we get involved in other things and it becomes a distraction. And it also opens us for to get into activities that actually misalign us with, with how God would have us to be. And again, it's not about doing nice things and being right or wrong. It's really when you and I are defiled, when you and I are misaligned between God's preferred will, then we don't enjoy his presence in the same way we do when we're aligned with him. And so if you want God's presence and to be aware of that, uh, part of that is our alignment. And sometimes we wonder why God doesn't seem real to us, and it's because we're really not aligned with, with how he, he functions or would have us to function. Um, also, when we think about identifying the ball, we need to also get to the idea where we can describe the field. Where are we playing? What's, what's the field look like? Uh, what's the ground look like? Uh, Jesus gives us this idea. You hear this idea of the great commandment and the great commission. And the great commandment is this, very familiar to us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. There are three alls, being all in. If you and I are going to see Jesus as the ball, the focal point, the centerpiece, then we've got to play on the field. And what's amazing is there's, there's two commandments, two ideas, two concepts. Love God, and then also as we jump down to the next verse, it talks about, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so when we can line those two concepts up, when we see that those two concepts are on the field, or they are the field, then we can start, start playing. And it's interesting that Jesus then says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, these two ideas. So if you and I say, what does it mean to say Christ and then live this, 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 this life, it comes down to loving God and loving others. And I love how the Newer Testament is really just an expression of those two commandments. It gets no more complicated than that. Following Christ is not supposed to be complicated. It's love God and then express that you love God by loving others as yourself. So we have the ball, then we have the field, and so we then move on to a second part of the field. And we see that uh, in Matthew 28, verses 19, 20, it says, Therefore go and make disciples. We've talked about this before, this idea of go isn't just going somewhere, it's as you go, as you travel through life. So it's not something you need to necessarily just manufacture, oh, I need to be going. No, 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 no. It's as you go, as you do life, as you live your life, the places you go, uh, the people you hang out, as you go, make disciples. And in other words, point to Christ. So where we shop where we live, where we go to school, uh, where we work, all these places where we're going, the way we drive, all those kinds of things. As you're in motion, living life, 
doesn't have to be some special thing. Yes, uh, you know, going on, uh, you know, these make a difference mission trips, going down to Honduras, though, that's very powerful. We need to be about those, but it's just not going in those specialized moments. It's always as we go. So therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's the idea of discipleship, identifying with Christ. Uh, we want to go and see people because uh, we are a positive influence in their life, that they want to identify with, with God, with Christ. They say yes uh, to him and teaching them to obey everything. Uh, again, that's aligning with his preferred uh, will. Uh, I have commanded, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, the end of time, the end of life. And what's, what's interesting with this, I am with you, is sometimes you and I go, man, I wish God was more present in my life. We want the I am with you always, but we forget the first part of this thought, the first part where Jesus says, go and make disciples. When you and I go, as we're going, and we're pointing to Christ, and that's a part of the rhythm of our life, we're going to all of a sudden be aware that he is with us. When we're not, as we're going, pointing to him, then it's not going to be like we're aware that he's present. Because I don't know about you, but when I find somebody being responsive, open, or those, those uh, God moments, uh, when I see those, then all of a sudden I'm very aware of God. But if I'm not into those moments, if I'm not aware of those moments, then, then I'm going to find that I'm not really aware that he's with me. Uh, so if you're thinking, man, I really want to be aware of God's presence, a part of that is being about what he wants us to be about. It's, it's about. it's about giving ourselves away. And as you and I give ourselves away, all of a sudden we're going to discover that he's always been with us. He is with us because he's showing up in all these little moments where all of a sudden it's like, wow, I, that, that was a God moment. Uh, last night, uh, Al talked about God winks. And the idea that, again, it's just, it's just apparent that God is in that moment. So the field, great commandment, love God, love others. Great commission, as you're living your life, as you're going, point to Christ. And what's unbelievable is you'll find yourself on the field, and you'll find that God is on the field with you. So, the ball, the field... How do we, in a sense, uh, get a win? How, how does that happen? How do we, in a sense, run for a touchdown? Now, this can be said a number of ways, but here at our church, uh, this is the way we say this. And some of you probably could go along and fill in those blanks before they even go up on the screen, and that, that's a good thing. But uh, how do we run for a touchdown? This is the way we run for a touchdown. Uh, we're making a difference wherever you are, by leading people into a growing relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's the touchdown we're going for. That's the touch. We want to make a difference in people's lives. We want to come alongside somebody. Life is complicated. Life is hard. And we want to come alongside and help. So we make a difference, make a lasting difference. And we lead people, we point people into a growing relationship with God through Christ because it's happening in our life. 
Actually, that leading, that pointing uh, becomes a, a situation where it's not a big effort thing. You just do it because that's who you are. That's who I am. If you're a fan of a sports team, people just know it. You don't have to wake up in the morning and go, okay, how am I going to demonstrate that I'm a fan today? You know, okay, I'm going to get in this conversation. It's going to be awkward, and I'm just going to kind of sneak throw it out. You know, it just, just happens. They just know. If you like a special food, uh, they, they just know. So running for a touchdown is making a difference. And, and we, need to, we need to be aware. And when we're making a difference, we need to make sure that uh, we're minimizing the distractions because I think there are lots of opportunities for us out there. And if we're not watching for them, if we're not watching the ball, if you will, we can miss them all the time. And it's not about missing them so you didn't get something done. It's missing them so you didn't get to experience God. You didn't get to go, well, lo, God is with me always. Because I was going and all of a sudden there was this moment. I had my eye on the ball. But even in everyday life, most of us don't live observant lives. Watch this uh, young girl being very observant so fast you can barely catch it line drive foul but she did nice catch down there check it out again the ball girl on the left and the catch just as that ball heads straight for a fan who was looking down they said in the stands likely on his phone only looking up after the save online tonight they're simply calling her emily the ball girl number 90 narrowly saving not only him but that beer glass half full and that ball was clocked at 108.7 miles per hour. You need to be observant to catch a ball going 108 miles an hour. You need to have your eye on the ball. Do you and I really have our eye on the ball? Uh, that's the only way we can find ourselves finding that we're diminishing the distractions. Uh, Paul says it this way, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. That's really key. This isn't to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord the best with as few distractions as possible. Again, it's, it's not to take something away. It's to be observant. It's to diminish the distractions. But the reality is often, even if we're really into things, we let ourselves get distracted very easy. We're not, we're not paying attention. We're not aware. Uh, just watch this baseball player. Harris takes off and a fly ball to right. And Bradley plays it off to the side. And he, better, he doesn't know how many outs there are. He just throws uh, the ball into the bleachers. That's only... The second out of the inning. And that allows, but it allows Harris to go all the way to the third. So a sacrifice fly for Maurer. And a mental error by Milton Bradley. Mental error for Milton Bradley. I bet you he heard it after that game. How many times are we Milton? We're distracted. We're not paying attention. We really don't know what's going on. Another area, sometimes this happens with my conversations with Cindy. Mental error. But when it comes to really following the ball, uh, making Christ the centerpiece of our lives, are we aware? Are we not aware? 
Do we even know what inning it is? Do we know how many outs it is? See, because you and I need to, to figure out how to, in a sense, focus on what's important. And, and we've got to work at that. We've got we to remind ourselves of that. And I do eventually, you know, every once in a while, you do meet someone that has trained their self to be focused on it, and it's become who they are. And that's the ideal goal. It's not that we're just on ourselves and disciplined and we're always trying to keep ourselves focused, but it's actually who we are. You've met people like that. You've met Christ followers who are just, just focused on what's important. And sometimes it bugs you because it real, you realize I'm not focused like they're focused. And they're not doing it to, to, to push your button. Well, some might be, but, but they're not usually doing it. To, it's just who they are. They're focused on what's important. And they let all the distractions be minimized. I love this uh, putt in a golfing movie where the guy's getting ready to make this shot. And he's able to focus on what's important and minimize the distractions. blocked out the sound of the crowd. He's focused on what he needs to do. go crazy. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. That's a principle. It's not necessarily a promise because some of us would say, well, I stuck to the truth and life wasn't so safe and so smooth. But normally, when you and I stick to the path, it's, it's safe, it's smooth. We're focusing in on what's important. But often, again, we can let all kinds of distractions. We can let the things that seem important in the moment eclipse the things that are really important. And again, that's not to, not to beat ourselves up. It's that I, I don't want you to miss out. I don't want to miss out. So I want to focus in on the important. I want to be able to look back a couple years and say, wow, I wasn't right on, but I was, I was better. I was focusing on the important, and now I've getting to enjoy the fruit of focusing in on what's important. But again, we let the moment, we let the 
urgent things that are right before us sometimes cause us to miss what's really important. This poor guy, besides being a Celtics fan, this poor guy uh, really misses out on what's being important. Aren't you happy there's not a camera that follows you around everywhere you go? Aren't you happy? But that guy can be all of us. It's just not a guy thing. All of us can be that. And we miss out on, we're totally unaware. Uh, we're not focused on the ball. We're not focused on the field. And we miss out. Again, it's not about, uh, as you think about a church and you think about getting things done, it's not about us missing out on getting things done. That's why we want you to get into the game. It's about you personally missing out on the best life you can have following God. And that's different for all of us. But we all have the opportunity to miss out. Now, also, when we're thinking about this and we're thinking about um, the field and all of that, we also uh, need to understand uh, the surface of the field. And I'm not an expert on this, but uh, a lot of these astroturfs, there's a big science that goes into this, and some of these are eight uh, inches thick with all kinds of layers of different stuff. And uh, one of the things they, they put on, somebody decided this was a good idea, to put something on uh, the surface that, uh, uh, caught, that made the, um, the uh, friction uh, be less. So sometimes you can actually see, I've read, that there's a, like a little shiny coating on this AstroTurf stuff that uh, lessens that so you, you don't get rug burns. So those of us who are Christ followers, who are trying to keep our eye on the ball, we're trying to play on that field we just described, need to also remember that the surface, as we're interacting with our world, uh, we need to try to keep the rug burns down to a minimum. I can remember especially uh, as a kid and wrestling and wrestling with other kids and wrestling and every once in a while you would forget this, that you could get rug burns and all of a sudden after wrestling and horsing around, all of a sudden you'd realize you're like knees, there were holes in them because you would just like rub the skin right off and uh, you don't need to do that. And so as we're trying to, uh, as we go, point to Christ, as we're trying to be in the game, as we're trying to have trust, as we're trying to have healthy, hard conversations, as we're keeping our eye on the ball, as we're all in, we need to ask ourselves, what kind of surface do we create 
I love what uh, James writes, or James says in a big meeting, we don't have time to go th through all the details, he says, so here is my counsel. We should not burden these outsiders who are turning to God. And this is something that is actually a side issue, is really important to us as a church family, that as we are doing this thing called church, living out faith, we're trying very hard not to add rules and regulations that make it hard for those who maybe have stepped away from faith, maybe given up on church, uh, maybe have no exposure to that. We want to make it, in a sense, easier for people who are turning towards God for them to discover who God is and, and say yes to him. So we do lots of things. Uh, years ago when we decided to have air conditioning in this part of the building and then the newer part of the building, it was to make it nicer for people when they come in. We wanted to make it easier. Why should people come to church and be hot and sweaty and uncomfortable and all those kinds of things if we can do something different. Uh, you know, we could do it, so we did it. There are things that we try to do to make it easier as a church family way and as individual ways. So as we're thinking about expressing our faith, as we're expressing to point, we need to ask ourselves, are we creating a rug-burn-free zone or are we creating rug burns that aren't necessary? When there's a possibility to make it easier to understand for those that have not said yes to Christ, who are turning to God, who might be a pre-Christ follower, we ought to do it. And James drives this home in Acts chapter 15, if you again look at the circumstances, there's this, there's this idea, do we, do we burden them with all the traditions and rules of the past that uh, they don't have to have? Or do we free them from that and just make it the main thing, Jesus? And they actually decide to make it just the main thing. In that day and age, it meant that those who were deciding to follow Jesus, to become Christ followers, didn't have to go through all of the traditions and all the ceremonial law and all the things of a Jewish person. And men, we say amen to that, right? All right, so, um, but uh, they would not make it hard. So we need to ask ourselves, are we making it a rug-burn-free zone? I love what Jesus says. Jesus says, go figure out what the scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. And if you really think about that expression, that can be a tough one. Coddle insiders, or are we to invite outsiders? So you're going to discover that as we live our lives, we need, to, we need to understand that. Our preferences are going to be more based on inviting, bringing outsiders than, than coddling out insiders. This happens all the time at my house. Cindy's always nicer to the guests at our house than me. <laughs> I don't get the, you know, if there's, a, if there's one last piece of something... I don't get it. I have to always offer it to the outside. I mean, they didn't pay for it. They didn't have anything to do with it. Why do they get the last piece of whatever? 
just the other day, she made a pie. My parents were over, and we each had our piece of pie, and I wanted a second piece of pie, and she said, no, we need to save that so when we have a meal together, we can, all four of us can have a piece of pie. I'm like, why can't I have a piece of pie now? So again, it happens in your home. They don't coddle the insiders, do they? You're kind to the outsiders. Shouldn't that be true of us who are following Christ and pointing to Christ? Very quickly, we're not going to go through all this. I'm just going to give you the blanks. You can look at this on your own. But what happens when we take, the, take our eyes off the ball? What happens? I'd love you to, on your own, read 1 Corinthians 11, 17 through 22. Uh, you'll see how this church at Corinth acted together as individuals when they took their eye off the ball. These are the things that would happen. First of all, it was easy for them to be competitive and territorial. You see this. I'm not going to explain it. You can read it on your own, and you'll see this come right off the pages. They've taken their eye off the ball, and they were competitive with each other and territorial with each other. It was also easy for them to be judgmental. They were all over each other. We read that passage a couple weeks ago where Jesus says, take the two-by-four, the beam out of your own eye before you go after someone who has a little splinter in theirs. Judgmental. Uh, They were also very argumentative. Very argumentative. They were apathetic. They were just, just totally just missing it. They, they, didn't, they cared about themselves. They didn't care about others. And why? Because they took the eye, their eyes off the ball. I don't know if you've ever heard this expression, you know, and I'm going to get a little bit off, but, you know, I've heard people talk about, you know, you're trying to climb the ladder, and sometimes that's in, in the business world, but maybe that's in just life. You're trying to climb the ladder, and you're doing well, you're climbing the ladder, and as, as you work your way to the top of the ladder, all of a sudden you realize that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. And for a lot of us, because we've taken our eye off the ball, we're climbing the ladder, we're diligently climbing the ladder, we're working hard at climbing the ladder, we're being careful at climbing the wa- ladder, but... If we're not careful, we're all of a sudden going to discover the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. And what a disappointment in that moment. Maybe we can discover that before we get too far up the ladder. Is there anything more? Bottom line is this. There is no point in running the wrong ball in the wrong direction no matter how well you run. There's no point in running the wrong ball. You've got to identify what the ball is. And you may even do it well, but in the, the wrong direction, no matter how well you run. And especially for us who claim to be Christ followers, I'm really conscious of this. I don't want my life as it starts to wind down to discover that I ran well, I ran hard, I didn't fumble it, but I was carrying the wrong ball in the wrong direction, and it won't matter that I ran it well. There's actually a story, and we're not going to look at it, a story about a a guy who picks up the fumble and runs the wrong way, 
and scores a touchdown. Don't want to be that guy. I hope you don't want to be that guy. I hope you'll understand that you need to, we need to keep our eyes on the ball. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can be together. Uh, we're thankful that we can focus in on you after a busy week. And we just ask that uh, wherever we're at in this spiritual journey, whether we've uh, said yes to you, uh, whether uh, we, we have, haven't, uh, we really would be asking ourselves the hard questions. Where is our eye? Are we, are, is our eye on the right ball? And what are the ramifications for life? And Father, in a moment like this, uh, we thank you that your spirit, your presence can, can be working on our hearts. And we ask that in this moment, whatever you're saying to us, however you're leading us, whatever you're revealing to us, that we wouldn't, in a sense, let it fade as we leave this place. That we would keep it in our hearts and we would start to continue to have our inside and our outside match up as we follow you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.